This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. Kore ai ngaro te tangata e whakapono ana ki a ia. Engari ki a fifi ai ki te ora tonu. Because of that person's failure to believe the one of a kind Son of God when introduced to him,
Come on, let's put it together for our amazing production team. Come on, let's put it together. Amazing job. So powerful to see the the intervention of Jesus Christ into the story of so many people's lives. And I'm sure that many of us here today can also have a story of how Jesus intervened in some part of our life. You know, and every person, every family, every nation has a story. Your life has a story that is told. And this morning I want to share... Uh, a little bit about the Easter story, because you may be here for the first time and uh, you may have uh, a little bit of understanding about what Easter is all about, but I want to share uh, a little bit this morning about how you can understand in a greater level what the story of Easter. The story of Easter is the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, but it sets the story of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ actually also sits within another story. There was another story that was taking place at the same time. And I love stories. I mean, everyone's got a story to tell about something in their life. And this story of Easter is taking place at the same time as another significant story in the life of the nation of Israel. It's the story of the Passover. There's nothing in the Bible that is coincidence. Nothing. There is a divine plan for everything. There's a divine plan for your life. There's a divine plan for you being here today. You may have been invited by somebody or maybe you're just your church of attendance. But there's a divine plan for every person walking on the face of this earth. There's a story that unfolds, and there's always different chapters to our story. So this story of Jesus Christ and the story of Easter has taken place at the same time as the, as the story of the Passover. There's no coincidence that they were happening at the same time because even though the Passover, the, the story of Passover happened 2,000 years prior to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They are two events 2,000 years apart, but they are both part of the same story. The same story that runs all the way through the scripture is the redemption of people, is the redemption of mankind how man has fallen, is, how sin entered in the world. But the story of, is all through the Bible is God, God's story or God's plan is working through people to restore and make them whole again. And one of the things we see is that the story of Passover is also being told, it had been told for 2,000 years. One of the things you might suggest or you might say is actually this story that is being told is actually part of a three, it's part two of a three-part story. I don't know about you if you like the trilogy of Lord of the Rings, but you'll find that when you, when you see the pattern, when you see stories that unfold through the scripture, it always just keeps, better, it keeps getting better and better. So when we talk about the Passover, the Passover is what's happening at the same time as Jesus' resurrection. So when uh, Jesus died and was, when he was crucified and, and when he was resurrected, that whole story is being told, like I said, in the time of the Passover. So what is the Passover? The Passover 
was a feast that had been celebrated, is still celebrated today, 4,000 years later. It is still being celebrated today. But the Passover was a feast that had been prepared, that uh, was designed by God to celebrate the freedom and the liberation of the people of God. One of the things we know in the Bible in the book of Exodus was uh, Israel was God's chosen people, but uh, they found themselves into slavery. The people of God were in slavery for 435 years, generation after generation after generation after generation, all experiencing slavery or all experiencing confinement. It was a story that had been told from one grandfather to the next grandfather. This is a story that was being told from one generation to another. And although that happened 4,000 years ago, you'll find that the same story can also be told in people's lives today. We may not be slaves, physical slaves, but through sin, people become slaves to sin. Through the fall of man, people, are sla- people find themselves in slavery of a different kind. You find addiction is a form of slavery. You find uh, people experience slavery of their heart, uh, slavery of many different kinds, slavery in their mind. You'll find, as the story was untold here, you can see that people were slaves to brokenness, to addictions, to, to all sorts of terrible things. But yet the same story is being told. So the two events are 2,000 years apart, but they're both part of the same story. The Bible says that God spoke to Moses and he said, the cry of my people has come up to my ears and I've come down that they may be set free. And so God raised up Moses as a man to to bring people free. And it became a time where you could see that the miracles started to happen, where uh, where, um, where the the plagues started to come to, 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 to soften Pharaoh's heart, to let him go. But on the eve of the Passover, of the eve of liberation... The Lord said to the people, to Moses, instruct my people to set up a feast. And this is how you're supposed to do it. Understand that this Passover was a celebration of the victory of, over slavery. as about freedom, because God had promised the Israelite people that I will take up, up out of slavery and into a promised land, into a great and fruitful land. So God's promise to, to, man, to, to, the people of, to, be, to the people of God. So on the eve of the Passover, or on the eve of victory, you've got to understand this, that before they had even left the promised land, before they had even left, before they'd even left Egypt, there were still staves in Egypt. Moses said to this, Moses said, one of the things he didn't say was he didn't talk about the promised land. He didn't talk about the troubles that they would face along the way. One of the things I find in the story is this, is that there was one thing that Moses said three times while they were still as slaves. He says, tell this story. Somebody say this story. Tell this story to your children. He said, he said three times throughout the, through the book of Exodus, he said, tell this story. Uh, whenever the Bible repeats itself, it's always a sign of significance and meaning. So Moses didn't talk about the troubles that would be along the way. He didn't talk about the difficulties. He didn't even talk too much about the promised land. But one thing he did say three times, tell this story. Tell this story. It says in the book of Exodus, when your children ask, why do you do this? 
Why do you celebrate like this? Tell them this story. When your son comes to ask you about this, tell them this story. When your children inquire, make sure you tell your children this story. Why is it so important that it was this story that is being told? So he, say, he also says, tell this story for generations to come. Tell it to your children. Get that, so that your children understand the story, not just one incident, but tell them the story. Because it's out of the story something is created. The question, so before anything had even changed, Moses was instructing them, tell the story, make sure the story. Already before they had come out of their place of slavery, Moses was already writing in their heart, tell this story. Friends, every person's got a story to tell. Every person, every nation has got a story to tell. In Exodus 13, verse 8, it says, On that day, tell your son this story. So it's interesting that Moses makes it a, a priority to make sure that the story is told for generation after generation. Why? The question is, why would he do that? Why was telling the story more important than actually I mean, this is, on the eve of, oh, oh, this is on the eve of freedom. Couldn't there be anything else he could talk about? Yeah, I'm sure there was. But it's amazing how he emphasized, tell this story. The question is, why is he doing this? Why is he not talking about anything else? Why is he saying, tell this story, make sure the story is told? It's simply this. He is shaping their future identity for generations to come. Something that Moses is doing is setting a story in motion that will last for generations. In other words, what he is doing, he is setting up their future identity. He is setting up their... And so you've got to ask, what's so important about all that? Well, the thing is this. Every person is searching for identity. Every person on the face of the earth. You look at the world today. People are looking for a source of identity. People are looking, they're doing things to, to make themselves stand out. People are looking for all kinds of places, asking the question, who am I and where do I belong? Apart from all the troubles, apart from all the victories, there is one core question that lies within inside of people. It's, who am I? The same question people were asked, uh, Jesus asked, who do people say I am? It all comes back down to identity. Maybe you're here today and you, you're struggling to find your identity. You're trying to find it in other things. Friends, there's two ways that identity can be found. The first thing is, the first thing is ex external. Many people look for external things in order to shape or establish a sense of identity. A couple of things you could be looking at is, is race. You can tell the identity of somebody according to uh, the race. That, or you're, you're an Irishman. You, you, you speak with an Irish accent, you've got to be Irish. You look like this or you look like that. So many people's identity is largely shaped by, by what they see or their race. In other words, another way people can have their identity shaped is this, by age. People identify themselves as young or, or middle-aged middle or old or... And the way that they identify themselves is the way often that perception or the way that the world sees them. So age is another thing. Class is another way. Social status or our actions. 
People are looking. People do all sorts of crazy things. They, do, they make crazy statements. They make, do crazy activities. But a lot of the reason you'll find behind that is this. Actually, they're lacking a source of identity. They're doing all these things in order for somebody to say, hey, I noticed me. Sometimes people's identity is shaped by what has been happened, what is by actions that have taken place against them. Many people, they uh, have suffered terrible uh, abuse or they've suffered a lot of pain. But often their lives are shaped by their pain or the abuse that they've been through. However, or whatever shapes your identity, there is another way that you can find a sense of true identity. Another way that identity is found is, is in our internal life. And this is why Moses said, tell the story. Because it's not about what you're going to look like. It's not about what you're going to have or not have. It's not going to be about your, uh, your individual successes or failures or, or whatever trials or tribulations you walk through. That cannot be the main thing that identifies us. What he's saying is this. Actually, there's a, a way or a sense of identity that people can carry in their heart. And that is, a, that is a true sense of identity. The internal identity is simply this. It is the story that we tell ourselves in our heart. So all of us have a, an external story. Every one of us has an external story of, of this, that, or, the, uh, or a sense of identity from this, or, or what we've done, or what we've achieved, or what we think we'd like to project, what we've achieved. But there's a greater, more powerful story, or a greater, more uh, powerful sense of identity and that is the story that we tell ourselves in our heart. It is a heart story. And that's what Moses was putting to his people. He said, tell the story. Identity, this heart identity comes from the memory of our heart. And the memory of our heart depends on the story we tell ourselves and our children as to who we are, where we are from, and where we are going. So you think, what has this got to do with Easter? Well, the story that is being told of victory, the story of Passover that has been told of victory, out of bondage, out of slavery, out of captivity, but also the story that is being told of who you are, where you're from, and where you're going. This is a story that has been told throughout the Israelite, the Jewish nation, for even to this day. It is on this context that Jesus Christ prepares the Passover for his disciples. And it's on this occasion that Jesus is crucified and resurrected. The message of Easter is found in Luke chapter 22 and verse 9. It's also found in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 24. And on the Passover, so when they're telling the story of what God did in their lives, how God redeemed them, how God transformed them from a, from a nation of slaves into into a, 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 a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Jesus says these words. And when he had given thanks, this is in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22. And when he had given thanks, when Jesus had given thanks, he broke the bread and said this. This represents my body, which is offered as a sacrifice to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this 
as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are symbolically proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. He uses the same word twice. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. When I looked at the word, the difference between remembering something and the act of remembrance, they can sound the same, they can almost mean the same, but they're actually quite different. When you remember something, you remember it from up in here, your, your thought life. You, you remember a date. You remember your wedding anniversary. But remembrance is something different. When the, 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 the Amplified Translation says this, it says, affectionately remember. In other words, don't remember, don't let it become just a date that you remember. Oh, this is just Easter. It's time for chocolates, time for Easter eggs. Jesus is saying something different here. He's saying, whenever you do this, do it in affectionate remembrance of me. In other words, let it not be just a head thing that you do. Let the story be told in your heart. Remember this in your heart. Don't just remember the date of your wedding anniversary, but remember the day that you got married. Remember the emotions. Remember the experience. Tell this story, Jesus is saying. Do this in remembrance of me. In other words, remember the way that I have lived. Remember your experience that you had with me. He's telling this story to his disciples. Remember your experience with me. Remember the day that I met you on the water. Remember the day that I reached out to the leper's man and touched him. Remember the experience that we had with the woman that was caught in adultery. Remember that experience. Let that experience be in your heart. That I never condemned her. That I brought her back to life. Remember the experience when I first called you. Everyone else rejected you. But I called you by name. And now you're standing here with me. Remember the experience. Remember how you were caught in drugs. Remember how you were broken. Remember how you were lonely. And I sent somebody to rescue you, to find you, to touch your heart again. Remember that. Don't let it just be in here. Tell that story, Jesus is saying. Make sure whenever you do this, tell the story that I was the one that set you free from demons. Tell this story. When you were broken, I was the one that found you. Tell this story. When you were left alone, when people have tried to accuse you of things that you, you know you shouldn't have done, but when people tried to accuse you and stone you, remember who turned up and saved you. Remember the words that I spoke to you. Neither do I condemn you. Some of you here today, if you remember in your heart the way that Jesus met you, 
It doesn't matter what culture you are. It doesn't matter what you have or don't have. It doesn't matter what you've physically done or have done to you. It doesn't matter what colour you are, what language you speak. All of those things, there is a greater identity that can come by the story that you tell. See, all of us can tell the same story or similar stories about how Jesus Christ touched us, regardless of our skin colour, regardless of what we have or don't have. If there's one thing that binds us together, it's that we have one thing in common. It's that Jesus reached out and touched us. Jesus said, whenever you do this, remember your experience with me. Tell that story. Yeah, I was broken. I was alone, but, but Jesus came and touched me. Yeah, my story of our family has been of addiction. Our, our story of my life has been failure. My story has been a story of pain. But Jesus, Jesus came into our life. You know, I was a nobody. I was just a, a kid from a, a town, came from a good Christian family. I went to church, but then Jesus found me in church. I couldn't speak very well. People would mock me because I didn't do so good at school. But Jesus, when He touched me, He lifted me up. Now I speak to thousands. Jesus said, tell that story. I was lost, but now I'm found. He said something else too, kind of. <laughs> Basically saying, remember the way I lived. Remember the way that I treated people. Remember what you experienced with me personally and with other people. And I'm sure he must have said something like this. And remember what you're about to experience. Remember what you're about to experience. The disciples had no idea. You thought all that was good. You wait until the days ahead. You're going to see things that you never thought would be possible. Tell that story. You're going to see me on a cross, crucified as I carried the sin of mankind. You're going to see me go into a tomb. You may think that's going to be the end of the story, but you wait. Because on the third day, I'll rise again. Tell the story of what you experience on that day. The Bible says that when Jesus was crucified, the whole sky went dark. Great darkness covered the, the whole region. I don't know how far it went to, but a whole darkness covered it. 
The veil of the temple was torn in two, supernaturally. But then on the third day, people that had, the Bible says that people who had been dead, graves were opened up. I mean, not just one or two, but hundreds of them, people that had been dead, boom, come back to life. And then they started to see Jesus walk amongst them. Jesus said, tell that story. That death could not hold me down. Tell the story. Tell the story. That when you see the Son of Man ascend into heaven, tell that story. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He will come upon you in power. Tell that story. And keep telling that story. Because regardless of what's happened in your life, regardless of where you've come from, regardless of what brokenness you've experienced, regardless of what failure you've come from, regardless of what race, what colour, what language you speak, what language you don't speak, regardless of any of that, there's a greater story that I want to write inside of your life. See, the story of Jesus' resurrection is part two. There will be a part three. There will be a part three where Jesus returns again. There will be a day when you close your natural eyes for the last time. But you are spiritual eyes will be open far wider than you ever felt experienced before. And on that day, you will truly understand. See, Jesus writes a new chapter in the story of our life by giving a new identity. That identity is our original identity, which is created in the image of God. You were created in the reflection. You were created in the identity of a loving Father. It's sin that has distorted that picture. But Jesus Christ, He writes a new chapter in our life story. For many of us here today, we've experienced a new chapter being written in our life. People would say, Oh, this is the story of this person's life. This is, look at that, da, 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 the addict, the this, da, da, da. But then for us who have received Jesus Christ, there's a big but. <laughs> but Jesus entered into the scene. Yes, all that happened, but Jesus came and he wrote a new chapter. So your life story can end however it's tracking right now. Or you have the opportunity for what Jesus did on the cross to have a news chapter written in your, inside of your life. The message of Easter is God writing a new chapter in the story through Jesus Christ. When we receive Jesus into our heart and follow Him, a new chapter of hope is written into our lives. The question will be this. What is and what will be the story that is written in your life? What will be 
the story that's written in your family? What will be the story of the heart that's told from one generation to the next? Find your identity in money. Find your identity in this. Find your identity in your, in your natural culture. Find your thing in that. Find your future. Whatever. Or you can entrust your life to Jesus Christ. So Jesus, write a new chapter in my heart. What story will be told? The story of abuse? What story is going to be told in your family? A story of grief, a story of pain, a story of addiction? A story of nothing? Well, this person, he was my uncle and I don't even know what he did. This is my dad, I'm not quite sure what he did. This is my mum, I don't even know what she did either. Or it could be, oh, (laughs) this is my mum. Well, let me tell you about the story of how Christ touched your life. Let me tell you about the story of her life and how her story has touched my life and how my life story now touching my kids. Tell this story. So when people come and ask you, when your children ask you about why do you do this stuff at Easter? Oh, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story about how Jesus Christ touched my life and He made me whole again He raised me up He made something beautiful and great out of my life by receiving Jesus our identity is restored I'm truly grateful I was just sitting out my deck last night. And I thought about the story that has been told through our family. Through my grandfather, grandmother, both sides. To my own parents. The story of God's faithfulness. The story of God's protection. The story of God's healing power. Now it's up to me and my children to tell that story. Yeah, you've got Irish heritage, you this, that, and the other thing. But actually there's a story of the heart that you need to know. It doesn't really matter how well you do at school. <laughs> do your best. But that's not going to identify you. You'll be identified by the story of Christ in your life. Yes. Why don't you just close your eyes and bow your heads. We're going to take communion now. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Tell the story. It's not just about a little bit of wine or sugar-free grape juice. It's about a story that's told in our hearts, written in our hearts. You may be here and you have never received Jesus Christ. Today you can make a decision 
you could just say a simple prayer like, Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. I may not fully understand it, but I know that you did it because you love me. Jesus, I ask you today to come into my heart to write a new story of my life and write a new chapter. As you take the emblems this morning, Jesus said, tell this story. Tell this story. Remember the story. Remember, not just in your head, but remember in your heart what I'm like. Tell the story. Friends, let this be the story that we tell from generation to generation. Not the name of our church, but the story of Jesus Christ. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are truly our shepherd. Thank you, Lord, that you found us when we were lost. We thank you, Lord, that you have raised us up. We thank you now, Father, that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Thank you, Jesus, you say in your word that as we are crucified with you, you you raise us up to sit with you in high places. We thank you, Father, the identity that we are now sons and daughters of the Most High God. Father, we thank you. We remember this in Jesus' name.